This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. This week, we have a shell-shocking episode with huge announcements from Square Enix. Then, in our final stage, I review Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. to another game-filled edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for Talk Time Live. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and we got a very fun episode for you. Oh, ooh, boy, do we got a fun episode. The, the announcements that we got yesterday, the biggest announcement of the summer, in my opinion, coming from Square Enix, the announcement that many of us have been waiting for has now come. And we're going to get down to that, as well as my review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which was not intended to be the actual game I reviewed this week. It was supposed to be Mario Strikers, and that's been pushed to next week because of the significance of this review. One, I was able to beat one of the endings from yesterday and and be able to play it thoroughly yesterday. And uh, it was enough to the point I was like, you know what, I'm gonna review this. The other reason will be announced at the end of this episode. So we'll definitely talk about that and much more. But before we do that, let's get to some news. And before we get to the biggest news of the summer, by far guaranteed, RetroSoft Studios finally was able to get Retromania Wrestling updated for the Nintendo Switch. We got all of the updates that everybody else, they saved the best for last, but (laughs) they got all of the updates that we were meant to get for quite some time. I don't know why it took this long to happen. Um, My guess, based on what I was told from Mike Herman in our previous interviews and other developers that have told me about the process with the Nintendo Switch is that like they really make sure their requirements are at the minute detail. And meaning that like, if you get even one thing that is not right, that'll create an imbalance in the gameplay and, and such, they will not approve of it. So something has had to happen in order for them to take this long for that update to come in and they had to go back and rework some things in order to you know give it the approval that it was needed so nonetheless it is here and it just happened to come yesterday during the uh, premiere and debut of shredder's revenge but also all this other information so but we got it for all you retromania wrestling fans out there like myself it's really good it is really good i like the new updates i'm gonna replay the story mode again because I'm pretty sure they fixed and tweaked the, the things that were going on with the story mode. But your ability to create, um, that's the Cray, your ability to play Chris Bay from Impact Wrestling and also the first black man and member to ever make it to the Bullet Club. Like, Bullet Club has been around for years, like, has had different leaderships from, you know, uh, Prince Devitt, which aka Finn Balor, J, uh, AJ Styles, uh, Kenny Omega and now switchblade and in the fourth generation of the bullet club we finally got a black member in that group so uh chris bay i mean this is awesome because wrestlemania wrestling now has a a second new japan pro wrestling connection to the game and as well as uh a you know a member of the bullet club that finally made it in so they also improved on many other things in the game too. The uh, game mechanics is a little bit more balanced than before. Um, you 
got new arenas that you were uh, able to play. I haven't played in all the new arenas yet. Cage matches are a little bit more fun now because they added some new ways to throw your opponent into the cage, uh, giving it more of a dramatic feel and presentation. The mesh cage looks a bit more updated as well. Um, you can also now clothesline people out of the ring as well as throw them out of the ring. Uh, what else is there too? The, um, the new, there are new entrances in there for certain characters in the game, certain wrestlers, if you will, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me for certain wrestlers in the game. Um, the entrance nameplates have been added, which is a very nice touch and adds a bit more to the presentation of the game too. And it's a little bit of a throwback to the old, you know, uh, WWF spectrum, you know, production from W you know, from back in the day, if you lived in Philly, then, you know, they used to do a lot of, uh, you know, spectrum shows from, which is now the Wells Fargo center here in Philadelphia. But back then it was the spectrum and then, you know, prism, which was the oldest cable network at the time. It was only it, like, there was no Comcast. There was no dish, you know, um, you know, director, whatever like that. There was only Prism and HBO. That was the only cable that you really had back then. And Prism was the other one, but they used to have, you know, WWF wrestling on air from the spectrum, from the Philadelphia spectrum and everything. So the nameplates looks a little bit from a little bit reminiscent of that era as well. So I really, I really dig that. Um, random options have been added to, uh, to the select screen. So now you can randomly face whatever character that you want. Submission wins now have a bone crushing sound effect to it. Um, wrestlers are now fatigued when they get closer to losing, uh, the match and everything, which is uh, great, especially for tag team matches. Cause the one thing I found in tag team matches was that it went a little bit too long because the wrestlers were able to come in and stop the actual, you know, and stop the actual, you know, pin, which is good. But like now if they're fatigued, it's going to be a little bit harder for them to try to come in and say, you know, make the save and everything. So that's on air new features that shows the 10 pounds of gold cut scenes occur when someone is beaten during the exhibition mode of these, of the story of the 10 pounds of gold. So like if you're the champion, if you beat, um, the champion, and 10 pounds of gold, but then now you're defending it and you lose another cutscene will come up with the new, um, with the new actual champion in there. And then, you know, you got to defend, you got to face that champion in there in order to beat it again. And then another cutscene, uh, Ian Rigabani, the announcer will actually announce you as the champion again. So it's, it's, it, that's another cool feature. I like to, uh, speaking of championships, they, the championship indicator, which Mike Herman said was coming is now available as well. That reminds you of who's the champion and the current champion of the time. So it's awesome. It is really awesome. Um, if you're a wrestling fan and you're like retro games and you, you grew up playing games like the old WCW game on the NES or the, or pro wrestling or NES, or, um, you know, even Russell fest, which is the, which Russell retromania wrestling is the successor to. Retromania Wrestling is a really fun game and it's a really fun balance game too. Like they did exactly what they were intended to do, which is this, which is why I have this discussion online when it comes to comparing Retromania Wrestling to Wrestling Empire. Uh, Wrestling Empire was intended to mimic some of the, it was, it was meant to sort of kind of pay homage to the Aki engine and such. And it's like, to me, M. Dickey, who is the, sells the sole developer for that it's it comes off like a test like a beta test or even a test it, it, it's like if it, it doesn't feel complete whereas retromania wrestling like if i put those two as a critique like an art critique and i look at retromania wrestling from an artistic standpoint did it capture what it was intended to do. Like if you're, if you're an art student, do you know, like if you do still life in, in, in school or whatnot, then you would understand, like you have to make sure that it's perspective is on point. The composition is on point and stuff like that. And it actually looks just like what it was intended to look like. I look at video games the same way, especially retro games like that. So both games, uh, wrestling empire and retro mania wrestling are retro games. You know, Wrestle Empire is from is taken from like the '64 era, whereas Retromania Wrestling is taking from the 2D pixel retro era 
of the late 80s into early 90s, so to speak. I think Retromania Wrestling captures that era that it was intending to capture perfectly. Whereas Wrestle Empire, if it's trying to capture that Aki engine type of vibe, it, like if I was to grade that, it gets a C. Retromania Wrestling actually gets a solid A because I think it really did a great job and they worked their asses off to make sure that it captured that same great 2D old school feel that we have. I think people base it on the idea that like this is a 3D game that allows you to do a lot more. Yes, that is true, but it doesn't do so with it. It, it lacks fluidity. It lacks. It, it's not a solid game like it, that's a game as great as really good as he did. It's a good effort, but I think with a little bit more help and some really uh, a little bit more, um, you know, experienced developers that can help him tighten that game up. I think he would do tremendously with that game. I think that game will be so much better if he actually had some people to come in and help him work with that because it 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 has a lot to offer. It's just it's everywhere. Like he's he's done so much with it, but he hasn't focused on like he's working. He's doing he's in every which way but one. And if you focus on the core aspect of that game, I believe that that game could be really solid. And you know the core engine of it it could be really solid because it it's really it's i play it and i get frustrated playing it because i want it looks like wrestlemania 2000 and it looks like you know virtual pro wrestling from japan but it definitely does not play like it at all it's like it, it's it's like the beginner's version of those games like you know square like stage one of those games so people get mad when when like somebody like me critiques a game like this like this is not and if you put that up to like even if you put that game up to the wwe games it's still not better like i would even i would even argue and this is very controversial i would even argue that wwe 2k18 on the switch is a more solid base game in terms of engine in terms of execution of moves and stuff like that and in in the mechanics is more way more fluid and solid than wrestling empire like if i had to pick the two to play more it will be it would definitely be 2k18 that's the sad reality of that so people i, I i've said that you know people just like it because it's a game that they like but there are other there are way better wrestling way way better wrestling games that out there that are out there that i would play for that which is why i cannot wait till saturday nights uh you know slam masters come back in just a few weeks i can't wait for that i so can't wait for that like thank you capcom for bringing that back all right let's get down to the biggest news perhaps like quite arguably the biggest news of the summer square enix you wondered why they haven't really brought anything to the table at the summer game fest or anywhere else it's because they wanted to do their own presentation they didn't need to go to sony on this one they wanted to do their own because they are celebrating the 25th anniversary of final fantasy 7 if i had discussions with people who are final fantasy fans but in their heart of hearts one in particular especially um doesn't is doesn't understand the the deal with Final Fantasy 7 and why it's so famous because he likes Final Fantasy 6 better. Undoubtedly, this is no argument. There is no debate. Final Fantasy 7 is absolutely considered the greatest of all the Final Fantasies. Character development, character design, uh, story development, everything about it. Gameplay, it, it really revolutionized the industry. It brought in the cinematic era for video games. It will not be denied. And this is especially that reason because they are celebrating in a big way. Square Enix presented the Final Fantasy brand, you know, in his best way, announced some really big things. The brand manager and executive producer, uh, Yoshinori uh, Kitase, uh, was the host of this event. 
he had a lot of huge announcements and great things coming let's run down what they talked about here first he announced that final fantasy 7 remake integrate uh will be out for the pc right now it is officially out today uh and uh people will be able to grab it and the anybody who wants a steam deck will be able to play final fantasy 7 as well on, on the steam deck so that's awesome what's not awesome is Final Fantasy VII Remake is almost damn near 100 gigs. So this is one of my biggest, you know, issues with the Steam Deck is because, yes, it can play those games, but it doesn't have the storage capacity to do it. And then there's some loading things like this. This, this system, this, this system is not perfect, but it's a good start. I want to get the next generation because I think the next generation is going to allow them to, in, you know, improve on those situations from this, like, because the steam deck is not cheap. It is a thousand bucks. Uh, it actually is actually at minimum a thousand bucks because it has different versions in different memory capacities as well. So it's focusing on that. Plus it allows you to, uh, add on a, you know, a, SD card, which is great because, you know, for my Nintendo Switch, I have a terabyte now on my S uh, a terabyte SD card for my Nintendo Switch, which is awesome because Nintendo, you know, Switch games, you know, they aren't that big. So I can pack in so many games on air with that right now. So but it's going to be on a Steam Deck and it's going to be dope on air. So that's undeniable right there. They also announced some merchandise that they were going to be selling, including the Buster Sword digital clock. It looks it's it's cool it's cool I, it's not something I, I i was really appealing to um the play arts kai uh figures and accessories that are that will be coming soon a new arrangement cd and a 25th anniversary playlist will be coming to streaming platforms as well i already got the remake uh I, I, you know what just funny i think i don't know if that's going to be just based on final fantasy 7 or all of the final fantasy uh songs from the past and everything but i already got the final fantasy 7 soundtrack and that's enough for me because there's a lot of tracks on there and it's beautiful so um the first game announcement was for final fantasy 7 first soldier which is already out on uh the ios and uh believe android as well and they uh, just announced some new content a new season of uh a new season pass that'll be coming soon I was kind of upset that this was kind of more or less, I was hoping for something new, but this is more, I, when I played it, it was more or less like it was their version of Fortnite pretty much. So I was like, nah, I'll pass. I'm not, I, I, I'm not really into making my phone a gaming console anymore for there. Not only that, well, that, that's not even just that, but the whole, it's, it's an online only game. So it was one of those online relying game, I should say, you know, so it was just one of those situations there. Um, the second game announcement was for another mobile game. Now, this is really interesting because this is called Final Fantasy seven ever crisis. Basically, it is a remaster of the original Final Fantasy uh, game and every bit of its minute detail, not like the remake. And it, there's a remaster and there's a remake and remaster is basically taking the original game but just giving it a fresh new coat of paint same you know same gameplay and everything like that it looks all the same but it just looks refurbished and new if if you right but like a pretty much the remake which we play for final San, uh, final uh fantasy 7 remake basically is them just reimagining what we already played into something totally new so that's the difference between the two so this is just a remaster of it but it's adding some it's adding some new twist to it um and new it, it with it looks like a new turn base battle system that is quite intriguing so honestly if this is not an online only game if this is a game that will be a you know a, a offline based game i may invest in this for my phone uh there's a closed beta that will be coming in 2022 so later this year i guess so stay tuned for that but then the bigger news came and this was huge because if you listen to the show 
in terms of uh, uh, terms of me talking about Final Fantasy and certain games that I always like, one of them, then you'll pretty much know that one of them was Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, a game that was exclusively for the PlayStation Portable, and one of like of all the games that I've played on the PlayStation Portable or PSP. Crisis Core is absolutely the best game I've played on that system. And it was the first, like, it was actually the best Final Fantasy game that I've ever loved playing. But even furthermore, this was one of the first action RPG games that Square Enix was really focusing on. And it led to, like, Final Fantasy 15. Uh, you know, what they, they were playing off of what they were doing with were basically crisis core and they went on to you know use that same formula for final fantasy 15 which then led to final fantasy 7 remake this is one of the first now the battle system is a little different from what, we're, what they're playing now because what they're playing now is a little bit more enhanced but absolutely the success of crisis cores you know execution led to all those we got an announcement that this game is not only returning, but it's a remake of the game. So it's this is it. I wrote my notes that it's a remaster, but this is absolutely a remake of the classic action RPG game based on Zack's backstory. And we learned a little bit more about Zack in the remake, but he was also a story on the original series. But then they brought out Crisis Core to focus on what was going on leading up to everything that we saw in Final Fantasy VII. So they're doing this now, and it looks like this is going to intertwine with everything that's going on with the recent remake storyline. So there's gonna be some liberties being taken in terms of storytelling in this one. This game is not only coming, it's coming on all platforms. It's gonna be on everything including the nintendo switch and on top of that this game will arrive this year in the fourth quarter of this year this winter we're going to get to play this game this will be my personal christmas present guaranteed i am so i so can't wait and guess what this is a great filler this is a great filler for next year because our fourth announcement was the coming a Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. The news that we've been waiting for for God knows how long. We finally got this news and it is entitled Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It is not remake, it is rebirth. It is coming the winter of 2023. There wasn't too much detail in what, what the trailer showed, but it actually showed Cloud and Zephyroth walking together in some open world field and basically i don't know but it looks like that we may actually be playing zephyroth i don't i don't know if that's a tease i'm just assuming that don't quote me on that but they seem to be walking together and the biggest thing that they were asking on this trailer basically was saying what is zephyroth's end game so i well, I got a feeling that we're going to get the opportunity to actually play a Zephyroth this time around. And we're also going to learn more. They also had Aerith in there talking about, you know, things that were happening to, that was supposed to happen to her. Like she was supposed to die or whatever like that, but didn't happen. So I feel like that they're acknowledging what's going on, what happened in the original story. But now recognizing and, uh, and telling us that things are going to change here. It's this is going to be interesting. Um, I am looking forward to this. This is this is scheduled and announced to be coming out on in the next winter of 2023. So we got Crisis Core coming out this uh see this uh year and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth coming next year. Now, the difference between Crisis Core and Final Fantasy 7 is that this is exclusively for the PlayStation 5. Once again, this is announced only for the PS5. It, they, they didn't even announce this for like the PC, which is crazy. Um, what I found funny about this was there was a lot of people, you know, of course, commenting during a live feed. And one of the comments that I caught was somebody, you know, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's trolling or whatever, but he, his comment was basically every, you know, the Xbox is the more superior console and everybody else who follows the switch or PlayStation are a bunch of nerds. And then all of a sudden the announcement that final fantasy seven rebirth is only going to be on the PlayStation five. Oh, that dude was, that dude had to be salty as hell. <laughs> that dude had to be, he, I, I, I got a feeling there was no more comments from that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I really, I, part of me really wants to find that comment because it's on the, is on the feed of everything. So, uh, that's hilarious. That is freaking hilarious right there. But yes, it's coming out exclusively for the PS five. This is awesome news. This is the news we've been waiting for the follow-up to final fantasy seven, which was indeed the best game of 2020 and the most, I would say the most important game of 2020. Everything that was going on in 2020, this game brought so much to people and helped people get through 2020. Like even the soundtrack, there was a particular song in this, uh, you know, uh, instrumental in the soundtrack and the song in the soundtrack that really emotionally got to people and it was beautifully done. Um, I can't, I am looking for, I'm so looking forward to this. So, you know, kudos to them. And on top of that, the executive producer of the game did announce that he will that they are already working on final fantasy 7 part 3 they are already working on this they are, so which means final fantasy 7 rebirth is absolutely destined to come out because if they are already moving on and starting on part 3 that means they have already tightened up everything they needed to tighten up at to a point that they can focus on something else. That is great news to hear. And then on top of that, Crisis Core is coming out this year. So they're on the ball. This is the, this is the most put together I've ever seen Square Enix with any titles that they've ever done. This is absolutely awesome. We're getting everything that we want. They didn't hassle us with, you know, the way that they did with uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Once they got the announcements they needed, they made the announcements and we're, we're moving on from there. So this was just absolutely tremendous. I am very happy. Um, and then on top of that, what they're going to do for the PS5 version, because this is not a PS4 moving up to the PS5. This is just a strictly PS5 version, which means they're going to take advantage of all of the features and in, in the processing power that the PS5 has to offer. I cannot wait for this. This is going to be awesome. So folks. That is all the news that I'm going to talk about in this segment. We're going to take a break, come back, and we're really going to get down <laughs> to some turtle power, baby. We're going to review Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. I played it on the Switch, of course, and we're going to do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! the final stage of this program and i'm here to review teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge finally we get our hands on this game and it did not disappoint one bit i 
loved every minute of this game. Now, granted, I beat this game in a day, but that doesn't mean that there's not more to play. I managed to get to do everything that was needed to do enough to do this review, and I am so happy to do so. So let's get down to it. This game was developed by Tribute Games, who also made two other games that I've really enjoyed playing, which was still Assault and Panzer Paladin, two retro sides, uh, 2D side-scrolling games that really took me back into my Nintendo era. And it was published by Dotemu, who was also responsible for other games like Streets of Rage 4 and many, many more. In a partnership with Nickelodeon, uh, which is now out for the Nintendo Switch, Steam, PlayStation 4, and Xbox. And man, if you've been a fan, not only of the Turtles, but if you were around back in the late 80s and the early 90s when the first two arcade hits came out, which was based on the 1987 series, this game brought you back into time. I'm 45 years old and I felt like I was like, 13 playing this game again and just enjoying every bit of this aspect of this game i felt like i was in arcades even though i'm playing it on my handheld it really brought back that nostalgic feel i so much enjoyed it um there were a lot of things to enjoy this game was basically in its core it's the arcade game of the past which is based on the 87 series and it was just they played on it it felt like they played on a template and just added on to it. Like they didn't just recreate it from scratch. They built on what was so great about the first two games and especially Turtles in Time and just played on that and added on more to it. It, it was like they this. I, I don't want to say this was easy for them and we'll find out whether this was easy for them or not soon enough, trust me. But I feel like they had the advantage of being able to play off of such a solid core game uh place game uh game system and control scheme and the and the play mechanics were so solid back then and it still plays as solid now as we'll find out more because the turtles collection will be coming very soon down the line from konami as well they're coming out with giving you the opportunity to play every single turtles game up to this point of shredder's revenge all in one swoop that's including the Game Boy games and everything. You'll be able to play all of that very soon because uh, they're coming out with the collection. But this really played on the arcade hits and just, man, did they go so far with this and made it even better than it was before. So let's talk about the features here. Like uh, we got stunning nostalgic game design that takes us back to the arcade in a perfect way. Actually, it's back. Let's be real. The game design supersedes both of those games by far in terms of resolution pixel rate all that stuff it is just so much better we're at a great time right now where we can do things uh, so much more than we ever imagined and it's awesome the updated pixel art and graphics is just beautiful with these vibrant colors and saturated colors that you have in here you know the green the different hues of green and hair and yellow and everything that you loved about the 80s was just in here uh very familiar beat-em-up gameplay enhanced with super fresh as they put it super fresh mechanics that provide more depth to the experience and i mean really like let's talk about the gameplay and i love that they in the game they provide a how to play for those who are not used to the old control scheme so you got the normal combo attacks you got now super attacks which i love because the super attacks basically um you know the more you use the combo attacks it allows you to raise the gauge of the super attack gauge and it allows you to pull off a super attack and it's not like what you had back in the day where you had to you know normal beat em ups where you find like a item that you have to find to re-energize no this time around you get to charge up the or build up energy for the super attack ga uh, gauge allowing you to pull off a move and it comes very frequently every single time you pull off all these moves they also have dive attacks again that's back you got backflip attacks which is something is new in here uh you got rising attacks now which uh before it's just like you have dive attacks but now you got you know rise attacks which you hit the y and b button simultaneously allowing you to you know rise up and then also hit a dive attack as well you got uh swing hold buttons so you know you could hold the attack button really for a long time 
giving more force to your attack as well. That was something that wasn't in the game. Grab moves are back, but now it's easier to, it feels like it's easier to pull off now. And they actually have a shoulder throw move, which is new. You got the very iconic fling toss, which flings foot clan members off, off the screen, which everybody loves when they play. And they got the slam attack too. So I think those were orchestrated a lot better this time around. You also got sliding attacks, somersault slice moves as well. You got escape rolls, which is, you know, common, which you saw in, you know, Turtles in Time. Uh, wake up rolls as well. Quick stand. Um, just a whole bunch of other moves, too. You actually also have some really cool things, too, like taunts and team taunts. You got the cheer up type of thing. Now, the taunts is great because the taunts allow you to re and like it instantly energizes your super attack gauge. So you don't even have to just hit, you know, keep, you know, beating up, uh, you know, bad guys. You can hit the R button and do a taunt. And if you're not attacked or being attacked during a taunt, you can re-energize the moves. But there are also other moves in here as well that you'll get like super flying attacks and super dive attacks as well. These are acquired when you earn enough points in the system. The, the There's a new level up system now that the game has where it will reward you with new moves like this and if the more hit points you get and a lot you'll get your you'll get more hit points from you know gaining more uh move uh, points you get new moves you'll get you know um what else new more lives the more you earn more points as you fight your way through 16 stages um as we all knew you get up to six players simultaneously you play as the iconic characters this time around master splinter april o'neill and casey jones when you complete the story mode uh even the first time around not um just the other times but the story mode here is really cool it's simple it's what you expect from an 80s uh, uh you know story mode from the 80s basically what's happening from what i understand is that the turtles are trying to stop shredder uh in the foot clan from getting the body parts of kang and going back to you end up going into dimension x and everything in here the good the awesome thing about this game and why there's so much replay value to this game is that <coughs> excuse me is basically that there is multiple endings in this game which is awesome so i just played through as leonardo um i'm playing now as Raphael, but you can also go back and play as all the other turtles what i would suggest for those who are new to playing this game that just came out yesterday as you're reading uh listening to this um basically you can't like there's a map a map that is very reminiscent to the old nes you know teenage mutant ninja turtles games uh from you know the very first one from the uh nes and i would suggest like once you play with the first character and beat that game you go back and replay the game now all of the stages will be unlocked but if you go to the last stage and you're only at a certain level, you're going to lose harshly, even though even on easy, because you need to level up your character enough to uh, allow them to access to the new moves and the, um, you know, the new uh, super attack meter um, uh, points uh, that you get and everything. If you're not leveled up properly, you will it will be a bigger challenge for you at the end. So Mons will start from scratch. The good part is you do have access to all of the other things or you can start a new game but starting a new game will erase all of your progress there so it's best not to do it that way at all uh so you have that aspect um you also there was this was awesome you also not only get the nostalgic experience of the game but you also get the nostalgic voices of the 87 cartoon including Cam Clark as Leonardo, Townsend Coleman as Michelangelo, Barry Gordon as Donatello, and Rob Parson as Raphael. Rob Parson, as you also know, is Jacko from uh, Animaniacs as well. They all came back to lend their voice to these iconic characters that really helped this franchise become a phenomenon, you know, to this day. Like, whenever Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is announced for anything, there's such a hype for this, whether it's movies, whether it's video games or video game appearances. Remember, you guys remember when they uh, were announced for Injustice and how the reaction to that was, you know, it's just amazing. 
but along with this and if you if you've been a fan of the original series like i have which i still actually own the first season of teenage mutant ninja turtles on uh on apple tv then you will be very familiar with a lot of faces that you'll see there's a lot of cameo appearances from the original cartoon for the like let alone the first five episodes of the uh of the cartoon you like you got um the kids from dimension x showing up on air you got you know the channel six news uh staff that april works with is in there just so many different cameo appearances not only just from the um from the original series but also they took from characters from the secret of ooze as well like boss characters you get to play as tomak and, um uh what is the name of i forgot the name of the damn two uh mutant characters that shredder had in uh, the secret of ooze it was Tom. It was Tomac and uh, Samos. I think it was. And I could be talking about the Crimson Twins from GI Joe. Um, but those two are in there, and they're all the characteristics from the movie is in there as well, including their bad breath and everything, which was one of the biggest jokes of the game, is on here as well. Um, I actually also had a chance to check out the original soundtrack, which is composed by T. Lupez, who's worked on Streets of Rage as well. Um, they went all out. They went complete. Like this is supposed to be an indie game. There's, I've never seen an indie game with this much production value to it. Okay. That is going to be something I'm going to question majorly because a lot of, you know, a lot of people are questioning, like, can you really categorize this as an indie game because of the backing that this thing had the amount of like, this is a Nickelodeon property now. This is, you know, done by with extra bells and whistles that normally other game companies don't have other indie game companies like this. I have I don't I have reason to believe this wasn't done by like five people or even three or one. <laughs> this was done by a team of people, man. And again, I'm going to be interested in, in seeing why. How is this game considered an independent game? You know, this is going to be interesting. You'll find out soon enough at the end of this episode as well as to why we'll get that answer um but they also announced a soundtrack that they're selling the vinyl as well it's a the soundtrack is available on digital as well so you could go to google play and android and um you know uh, apple music or whatever like that is there most notably which is why one of my one of my aligners this week is by a very close friend the soundtrack consists of songs by the legendary Wu-Tang Clan's Raekwon the Chef and Ghostface Killer with a song entitled We Ain't Came to Lose, which actually plays during the Shredder boss battle scene. And it is awesome. Apps like they, they that was the smartest thing you could ever do, because like, seriously, if you're going to utilize the Wu-Tang Clan for a project like this, you best believe not only just have that in the soundtrack you damn sure utilize that in the game that was perfectly uh, done i thought that was awesome and every time i get to play the game i want to play that 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 boss battle now because you now you're gonna get to hear the track from the woo from like raekwon and ghostface like come on are you serious very well done smartest move since ww2k added protection next as a song as an entrance song uh for your characters in the uh 2k22 video game Kudos to both on that one. And in addition to this, we also get a chance to hear our very own, the voice of Talk Time Live. Our man Mega Ran once again makes his appearance in here with composer T. Lupez with a song entitled It's a Pizza Party, which absolutely plays at the end of the game. It is the first song that plays at the end of the credits, and you hear Mega Ran like just killing it on air. Like, I, when I when I found this out, I immediately text him. I'm like, dude, this entire game is awesome. This your song is fire as AF and just, you know, kudos to him. Like he is consistently doing. I am so proud of the road that he's done. And also, I, you know, if you heard in our interviews before, you could go to talktimelive.com. I've had him on the show, but he's also done the opening theme to the show every week. If you listen, if you watch or listen to the Talk Time Live exclusive, you always hear the voice say, you are now about to witness the, uh, the strength of geek knowledge. That is Mega Ran himself. 
that is doing that. And um, dude is awesome. I love him. Raheem is just one of the best guys that I've ever had the pleasure of knowing uh, because of his road, because of his you know career and just being able to work with him and stuff like that. It's just awesome. Um, he and you know it's funny because um this is kind of like i know he's done other games before and other things prior to um he did the song for mortal kombat 11 as well i believe but i feel like this is redemption for mighty number no. nine like if you guys remember the game that keiji inufune came out with that was supposed to be like a successor to mega man or the super it was supposed to supersede mega man um after he left capcom but it didn't work out because there was a lot of things that was going on in the background you know that just foiled that crowdfunded game but mega ran was supposed to be well it wasn't supposed to be he actually did do the actual song called mighty and i believe he talks about that in his um in his memoir as well but it was such a big deal at the time because everybody loves KG Inafune for what he's done over the years with a lot of Capcom games. And then he's going out on his own. So people wanted to support that. But then things were just, you know, messing up. But Maker Ran also got a chance to be a part of that by coming out with this song, Mighty. Now, unfortunately, because of the failure of the game, that song was actually really awesome. He at least added to his album so people can hear it there. But it was originally made for the Mighty Number no. 9 video game. Uh, so I feel like this is redemption for him and I love it. It's, this is just awesome. Overall, man, this game was everything we hoped and dreamed of since it was announced the ability to play as April O'Neil and shredder. I mean, not shredder and splinter and now Casey Jones. And we'll find out if they're going to actually add on to that, um, pretty soon. But, um, man, it, this was just everything. I, yeah, I beat it in a day, but I haven't complete the whole entire thing i haven't hundred the whole entire thing i'm now playing Raphael. i still got you know donatello and and michelangelo to work with and april and splinter and kate there's a, so there's gonna be a lot more replay to work with this but even if they what like back in the day when when turtles of time came out that didn't have nearly as much content that this game has and it was still very replayable this is everything that both of the original arcade games was and so much more. And for that, there's no way in hell when it comes to grading this game, this game gets an A plus for me. This game was probably the most enjoyable game of 2023. It, it, it did not disappoint. It lived up and it actually superseded itself and then added on to that on a cherry on top. They added a whole new soundtrack to this with Ghostface Killer and, um, and Raekwon and Mega Ran in there. Okay, so like, I, I'm saying this and I'm saying the same thing that I said, uh, I, I'm gonna say the same thing about this game that I said about, um, what was it, Hades? This game is getting, is winning an award this year. This, the, I, yeah, I'm, I'm putting money on it. This game, I don't know what category this game is going to win an award, but this game is definitely going to win an award. It is absolutely going to win an award. They went all out. They went full force on this game. I'd be shocked, surprised, and disappointed if this doesn't win a couple of awards for something. I still have to figure out the indie thing, but other than that, this is great. So, like, if you're a Turtles fan, even if you're a beat-em-up fan, if you loved and enjoyed Streets of Rage 4, Boy, you're going to love this one because this is another great re, um, you know, recap of a classic, you know, that's just enhanced in there. So people go out of your way. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Look, dude, and trust me, I had pizza yesterday playing this game. I still got a pizza left over that I got to finish, but I'll still be playing this game and otherwise, <laughs> nonetheless, but go out of your way, check it out. And um, man, this is just is one of the games to have for 2023. Guarantee kudos to everybody involved in this. So folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and every episode. But guess what? This turtle thing, this is far from over because this coming next week, not this week, coming next week, our next Talk Time Live exclusive is none other than with one of the people behind this very great game, Yannick Belzil, if I'm pronouncing that right, and I'll find out later on, but Yannick Belzil, 
of Tribute Games, the developers responsible for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, will be on the show with me to talk about everything that is going on with this game and much more. Uh, this He's the narrative director of the game, so we're going to find out what that entails and what his thoughts on of the games and his, a whole bunch of questions that are going to be coming with me and involved in this game. So stay tuned if you love this game like I do, like what everybody, if you've seen the reviews of this game already, you'll know, you'll, you'll want to know more about what's going to happen when I talk to Yannick uh, very soon. So I, I'm very much looking forward to this. So stay tuned for that. Next week, I will absolutely review Mario Strikers Battle League, uh, which came out for the Nintendo Switch. I'm going to do some comparing and contrasting with that game in terms of you know, full presentation and soccer experience, the over the top soccer experience to that of another game that I played and love. And that was Captain Sabasu. You know, you got two over the top soccer games that have come out and with some really simulated and arcade style things in which I'm going to figure out which one is the one that I think that is going to be more enjoyable. Uh, this Sunday on Talk Time Live, the prime show where you can hear Mega Rand do his opening intro. <laughs> We're going to review Lightyear. The new uh, movie on, by Pixar starring Buzz Lightyear. Um, the real Buzz Lightyear, I should say. And it is starring Chris Evans as Buzz Lightyear. And um, this is, I'm looking forward to this. this is, the concept and everything is just awesome. Uh, so that will be out this Sunday and whatever news that comes your way from there. So if you enjoyed this episode and every episode, please Go out of your way to check out TalkTimeLive.com. All of our audio episodes there. Our exclusive interviews are also there as well, both audio and video. You can check it out there. We got blog pages full of content, some unboxing um, items that you may want to check out uh, th that we that I've had the chance to check out. Uh, we also have other things that on that blog and much more. If you want to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast, we are virtually everywhere that podcasts are played, at least the major podcast platforms such as Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popping, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and Tumblr, and many, many more. So thank you guys so much. It's been awesome as well. So stay tuned for coming this Sunday for Lightyear. And that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and have a great and safe week, people. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.